You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family. Welcome back to the podcast. So we have been in a series called Nine Ways to Follow Jesus. This is Carterville's look at discipleship. How do we know that if we're following Jesus as a disciple instead of just being guilty of the religious rituals of cultural Christianity? Well, we, we found nine distinctions that seem to typify the way that the followers of Jesus were distinct as opposed to the Pharisees or Sadducees or high priests or chief priests or the other Sanhedrin members or just the people that were religious but were not following Christ. So I hope that you will continue your journey to follow Jesus Christ and not just be cultural in your faith. And so we are at the last episode of this particular series. So the ninth way that at Carterville we ask you to follow Jesus is to be a disciple who makes disciples. And I want to talk to you about that. It seems that making more disciples is the fundamental piece of discipleship for Jesus. You have to remember that discipleship is based on a learning model of apprenticeship. You know, in the first century, when Jesus, the rabbi, called fishermen and tax collectors and others to come along beside him, he was inviting them literally to learn from him. And then he charged them to go out and teach what they had been taught, to live what had been modeled. So, you know, for example, Jesus would preach his parables, teach his sermons, he would heal, he'd cast out demons. And then he would send the disciples into villages ahead of him so that they would have the authority to cast out demons and to heal the sick and also to preach and teach as he had been preaching and teaching. So when Jesus rose from the dead and ascended into heaven, when he left the church in the hands of the apostles, they'd been well mentored because Jesus had made disciples and he expected them to intentionally make disciples. In fact, in the, in the Great Commission, Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. I'm telling you, therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So the mandate for the church, the Great Commission, is to be disciple makers who are making disciples. But I'll be honest with you, In my Christian journey, I see great seasons of life where I was not making disciples, where I was not intentionally trying to teach somebody else a Christian life by life-on-life mentorship. And I just want to ask you as you listen to the podcast today, do you believe that that's true of you? Is there anybody in your life right now who you are discipling? Is there anybody that you're trying to reach so that you can see them come to faith and be baptized and so that you can teach them to obey Christ? Is there any new believer or younger believer in your life that you're trying to model the path of Christianity so that you can teach them what you've learned about Jesus? Well, my challenge for us as a church is I would love for us to be a church filled with disciples who are making disciples. And I just want to share a story from my college years. I was raised in church, and as a young person in church, um, I went to Sunday school, um, you know, never missed a Sunday. I heard the sermons uh, and the Sunday school lessons, uh, but I never 
tried to make another disciple. I can't remember ever sharing my faith in middle school or high school with another person. I don't think that I ever intentionally tried to lead somebody through the two steps of discipleship that are in the Great Commission, baptism and teaching them to follow Christ. For me, that changed in college. I remember distinctly when I was in college, I was a, I was a freshman, and I was becoming a part of a Christian group on campus. It was just a generic group. We didn't have enough students at my community college to have a you know BSU or you know any special denominationally centered religious group. It just you know if you were a Christian, you went to this group that we that we made. And I was growing a lot in my faith. I was being discipled. I had other believers that were allowing me to share life with them, just to tag along, to learn, to have biblical conversations. I was beginning to see a more full picture of what the Jesus path would look like for people like me. Well, I remember that group hosted a a little talk one evening. I think it was a Thursday evening, but but to be honest with you, I can't remember. And we were going to explore the topic of salvation. You know, could a person lose their salvation? We had people from different denominational backgrounds who would disagree, you know, on the on the topic. So we gathered that night, a little small group in a multi-purpose classroom. The leader of our group, who was a sophomore in college, you know, shared the thoughts that, that they'd put together and you know, we dialogued some and interacted. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't remember much about the the topic. I do remember this. I remember us praying and asking, um, you know, just asking God's blessing, you know, on the on the night and on our opportunities to to witness and share Christ on campus. And there's one particular um, guy in our group who was on the baseball team, and you know, he knew that there was this other guy on the baseball team, a, an international student who was um, studying with us, and he was not part of our student Christian group. In fact, he was not a believer, but he'd been asking questions. He seemed open to the gospel. And this guy on the baseball team, you know, had asked us to pray for him. And he, he said, you know, I'm planning to share the gospel with him tonight. So you guys be praying for me. I remember when it was my turn to pray in that prayer circle. And keep in mind, I've, I've never shared the gospel with anybody at that point in my life. I remember just being so overwhelmed as I was praying and asking God to bless him. And then just asking God, you know, would you use me one day to, to share Christ with somebody, to make a disciple? And it's funny because I prayed that as if that was some you know, radical prayer that's just out there. And it's really not. I mean, that's what we should all be doing every day. But in that phase in my journey, that was such a brand new concept to me. Long story short, um, we all dismissed from our group. Uh, my friend from the baseball team had a place that he had to go. And uh, so I went and saw him off. And, and as he left, I remember feeling a great disappointment that, wait a minute, I thought you were going to get a chance to share with this other guy tonight. And as he drove off, you know, I remember his tail lights and I thought, well, my goodness. And then I turned around and um, I didn't live on the dorm. I lived at home. I commuted, but it was dark and I was standing out in front of the men's dorm. And the guy that we've been praying for, you know, walked out and was speaking. And I just felt like, Lord, maybe I'm supposed to talk with him. So I went and hung out with him for a little while. I had a chemistry test the next day, and I remember we were watching a Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson uh, boxing match on his TV in his dorm room as we were just chatting. And I was—I had no idea how to share the gospel. I had no idea how to try to begin um, the steps of helping him become a disciple of Jesus. But I remember praying, and I distinctly was 
you know, praying to myself while he and I were chatting. And I remember looking at the clock and thinking, you know, I've really got to go study chemistry. But I, I prayed and I, I remember, you know, Lord, if you'll show me how to do this, I'm willing. I just don't know what to do. And literally, just a few seconds later, the conversation turned and I explored questions about salvation and faith. And to make a long story short, I was able to share Christ um, with this guy. And he gave his life to Jesus. He he prayed for salvation. And it was remarkable to me. I remember when I asked him if he wanted to pray to commit his life to Christ, and he said yes. I was almost shocked by that. And um, I didn't know what to do, but I just, you know, with all the confidence I could muster, you know, we prayed together and he asked Christ for salvation. I celebrated with him and I went and I got in my truck and I and I drove home. And I remember on the on the drive from Scuba, Mississippi to Sugarlock, Mississippi, I remember thinking to myself, that was the first time in my life that I'd ever shared the gospel with somebody. And it was an amazing privilege for me to be there. I can't tell you spiritually how awesome that was for me. And now, it, to be honest, that's something that we are supposed to do all the time as believers. Like, I guess I'm sad to even think that I thought it was something that was so exceptional that a believer would try to make another disciple when, in fact, in the Jesus path, one mark of a disciple is that disciples make disciples. So I look back on that story, um, and it is one of my fondest memories. But I want to use it today to encourage the children of our church, our youth, our our younger kids, our college students, too, and our young adults. Hey, if you've never tried to make a disciple, let's start now. Uh, I encourage our median adults and our senior adults. And what about you? If you've never tried to make a disciple, what about now? Like as we stand before Christ, I hope that we'll be faithful, that we'll know that we did intentionally make disciples. And I think we have a habit in the American church of just depending on our systems for discipleship. In other words, we just are hoping that Sunday school and church worship, that that will be enough, that new people will come into those environments and maybe we even invited them into those environments, but that they'll come into Sunday school, they'll come into church and They'll just pop out as a disciple. And I just want to encourage us as a church family, that's not enough. Like, truly, I think the essential mark of a disciple of Jesus is that we're obedient to the Great Commission, that we are trying to make disciples. And so I want to encourage you in that. Imagine if we were a church where every disciple of Jesus was intentionally making disciples of Jesus in their circle of influence. And I want to ask you, would you agree to that? Would you walk in that? If you don't know where to start, I encourage you just to begin by praying. Ask God to show you one person that he could allow you to share with. One lost person who should be saved. Or one saved person who needs to take their next step of faith. And then intentionally invest in them to watch them grow in Jesus. Teach them what you know, step by step. And let's make disciples together as a church. So it shouldn't be a rare thing, but it should be something that marks our life as we follow Jesus. That disciples make disciples. So, are you making disciples? Have you ever made a disciple? What on earth would keep you from starting today? Church family, let's engage the Great Commission. God bless you. Thanks for listening to the podcast today.